0: Hi, Jennifer Janicek here, Director of Content Strategy with Sound Wisdom, and I'm excited to be here today with Shep a uh, New York Times best-selling author and customer experience expert, and author of the new book, I'll Be Back, How to Get Customers to Come Back Again and Again. Which we are so excited about. It's a fabulous new book that's going to help you disrupt the competition and get customers, get loyal customers, which is the goal should be the goal of every organization. So, welcome, Shep. Thanks so much for being here.
1: Hey, great to be here, and thank you and Sound Wisdom for publishing this wonderful book.
0: Yes, it's it's fabulous and so much fun. And um, the questions that I have today are going to revolve around the theme of termination. So, of course, the the book with the title has this fun spin on, you know, the Terminators, I'll be back, getting customers to say I'll be back, all the different forms that termination can take. And so, while you mainly talk about uh, terminating the competition in a playful way, of course, um, you know, succeeding in your organization and building those loyal customers, winning customers, you also talk about the possibility of a customer terminating you, the organization. So I was wondering if you could share with us a few of the top reasons why a customer might terminate you and what sure. you can do to avoid that happening.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a great question. And you know, these are the types of things that when I share them with you, you're going to go, Oh yeah, I can't stand when the, a company, any company does that type of thing. And by the way, We're talking to all kinds of companies, all types of industries, business to consumer, business to business. It doesn't matter. I am so glad that I did grab my copy of the book. And I also am glad that my glasses are very close because uh, I I don't want to give you any bad information. But really interesting also, when I'm about to share this information, I just... Uh, in about a, oh, I guess a month or so, maybe two months ago, received the most recent data from my annual survey about what customers love about companies and don't love, and the reasons customers would not come back. And they matched up even before, I, I mean, I wrote, I started writing this book like over a year ago and it took time, but I love that they match up and they're congruent. They were the same last year, very similar last year. So number one, are you ready for this? Yep. Apathy. apathy Apathy. think about it so i will tell you that in the 1980s there was a study done by the technical assistant research program uh commissioned by the white house office of consumer affairs that asked what reasons customers would stop doing business and they said up to 70 percent of customers stop because of apathy somebody not caring and it's like if you get around there why would you want to go back to doing business with somebody didn't who didn't seem to care about your business Mm -hmm when there might be many competitors around. Number two uh, ties to, it's pretty close to apathy, uh, might as well be rude to me, if you're not gonna care, rudeness. <laughs> so who wants to do business with somebody that doesn't seem to not only care, but may not have the best attitude, may be short with you, Maybe be rude with you, may make you feel like you're an inconvenience. So that's number two. And by the way, I have 10, although there are many more than 10, We could probably write a whole book on reasons customers would terminate you. But I like to stay more with the positive than the negative. Uh, Here's a really good one. Customers put up with this for just a short period of time. Maybe the first time they'll do business with you. When they realize they can't reach you easily, they move on. And here it is. Not uh, being able to get contact information easily. Mm -hmm. It's not easily accessible. Um, Let me give you a great example. Um, I've been to a website where I need customer support and I just look and look and hunt and hunt and click on all the links. And I go down to the bottom to look at the site map, hoping I can find an actual email or a phone number for customer support. Then you go over to a company like zappos.com, which is an e-commerce company, yet somehow has the phone number on every single page because they know if you're buying shoes and you aren't sure, you know, should I buy? Are they true to size? Do I need to buy it smaller or bigger? you're gonna pick up the phone and call them. That's the fastest, quickest way in. So those are those are three, and of course, uh, couldn't connect on a channel that you preferred to use. More and more, while the phone is the number one channel customers prefer to reach out on, if I've got a quick question or something simple, why can't I just go to the website and look at a tutorial or a frequently asked question knowledge base? And uh, why not just get it that quickly? Why do I have to make the call? True story, I'm not going to tell you the name of the company. It was a cable TV company. I remember my buddy and I decided, hey, let's watch the hockey game. Now, he's over, we're at his place, and I don't know, his his cable company is not the one that we tip that i use he didn't know what channel the game was on so i said just pick up the phone and call them they'll tell you what channel the game is on and and of course we couldn't get through on the phone so then we tried to email them meanwhile or, or, or get on their chat and it just seemed like nobody was responding to the chat then we went back to the phone and we you know what somebody finally answered the phone it took a little while now the game's just getting ready to start and this is what my friend says can you just tell me what channel the hockey game is on in St. Louis, Missouri, where we live. And you know what they said? Can I get your account number? What does that have to do with anything? You don't need to authenticate a generic question that has nothing to do with the person. But that's what they wanted to do. Now, maybe it's their process, but uh hey, I'm going off on a wrong direction here. No, but that, that see, makes
0: a lot of sense. And you
1: know, I mean, yeah slow response time um you know they 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 had a problem and um you know you didn't feel they made the effort to get back to you quickly um you know you might make them wait too long as as a customer or as a company should never make your customers wait what they would deem to be an unreasonable period Mm -hmm. of time because Mm -hmm. it only frustrates them if a customer has a problem Oftentimes, they're not calling you the moment the problem takes place. But if they were to email you and it took you three days to get back uh, a response to them, you think they're going to be happy about that? Probably not. And we can go on and on with these Terminators. But there's an example of a few of them.
0: Yeah, that's great. And yeah, I I totally agree. If I had to look at a site map and actually click through and figure out where customer service information is within that site map, that would be a deal breaker for me. And I also... (laughs) Yeah.
1: You just shared a story before we started the interview, and you said, we don't need to talk about it, but I'm going to talk about it. I'm not going to mention the name of the company, but you had a problem. You received something. You wanted to return it, yes. and they said uh, in their website, we do not have a phone number because of COVID.
0: I know, and Zappos, wh- whom I've spoken with, customer service representatives numerous times during the pandemic, have, you know, phone Phone numbers, yeah. people working remotely, and they I love what they did. They did something very humanizing and this is a little bit of a tangent, but they they put this message before you connect with the representative that we're working remotely right now for safety reasons. You might hear a dog or a child in the background, you know, if you prefer to not have that noise in the background, reach out to us in a different format. But it was just so humanizing because it's like, yes, we're offering you that. connection. Yeah, That's but we care about our employees. Yeah. It-
1: that's real. And you know what? Who's going to argue with that? We're here to help you and recognizing the situation. But what you said to me after that was email us, but please understand you may not get a response for 24 to 48 hours. Yes. Really? If I wanted to get my response in 24 hours, I would have waited 24 hours to make the complaint. (laughs) And then what you got from them was wrong. So you had to email them back and you had to wait another 24 to 48 hours. And eventually you're worried that you're not going to fall within their 20 day return (laughs) policy because they keep making you wait one to two days. So these are the types of things that frustrate you. Now, let me, I'm going to, I know the answer to the question, but I'm going to ask, are you ever going to do business with them again?
0: No, never, no. ever. And you
1: did something else because of your displeasure.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that
1: was, you went filed to the Better complaint. Business Bureau. <laughs> yeah. You filed a complaint with the BBB, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and while you were there, what did you notice? You that there were numerous the other one.
0: complaints about uh, con- customer service not being responsive and also issues with returns
1: right so to put it in the words of the famous one who made the line i'll be back you know and that's arnie um you're terminated
0: yes yeah i know <laughs> and it's such a shame too because it would have been could have been a great relationship so
1: right one of the things or another that- way of saying it hasta la vista baby
0: <laughs> right yes yeah exactly exactly Except I'm not as laid back and and cool as as Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm more fired up and irked by the experience. I'm going to say this.
1: I've got to do it the right way. I'll be back. You're terminated. Yeah,
0: (laughs) that's good. That's good. But one of the things you mentioned that I want to circle back to with sort of the first two points about treating customers like inconveniences, either apathy or just straight out rudeness. And, you know, it's something that I think, you know, we all struggle with to some extent, Um, you know, feeling pressure, feeling the pressures of time and other things where you have all these other responsibilities and yes, customer service should be. First and foremost, but how can we how can we sort of retrain ourselves to, you know, take a breath and not be so stressed out when we're handling these issues? Is it a is it a company culture issue? Is it a leadership issue? Is it, you know, is it is it because there are too many demands on employees or what can we do just to have more space mm-hmm. to be nice, if that makes sense?
1: Right, right, which by the way, being nice is one of the found foundational pieces of customer service and experience when you're dealing with people, you know, you want, and nice is a a big word. And I've written now the eighth book on how to be nice, Uh, that there's a lot around it. And I talk about that is, is uh, the speech, but to your point, is it cultural? It's absolutely, that's a good part of it, but let, you know, and so which comes first, the chicken or the egg, which comes first, the culture or hiring the, the, the employee. And I think as a leader who's deciding today I need to either up my game, and by the way, you may be doing very, very well and creating a great experience. And almost 90% of the clients that we deal with, that we either that I'm hired either to speak at their events, do trainings, consult, um, 90% are basically playing at a pretty high game. They're mm-hmm. either wanting to sustain that edge, or they're trying to just figure out a way to take it to an even higher level. Mm-hmm. And I admire those companies. Only about maybe 10 to 12% of my clients are saying, please help me. We've messed up. We don't know what to do. We've got to, we're losing market share. We're losing business. What can we do to turn it around? So my guess is in those situations, especially, they haven't hired right to begin with, or mm-hmm. they haven't created the culture to focus on. So if you've already got employees, let's not get rid of these good people. Let's figure out a way to make it work. But before we do that, you've got to create the right culture. And we talk about how you create that I'll be back culture. There's many different ways that I go into in the book and many different uh, pieces to that puzzle. But it's not that difficult. Uh, it's not It's simple in in concept, but it gets a little bit more uh, difficult depending on how large your company is. Because if you've got 50,000 employees, it's gonna be a much bigger ship to try to turn to, to make it right. Where a smaller company of say, you know, five employees or even 500 employees, you can turn that one almost on a dime. Within months, you'll start to notice things when you start to implement the culture properly. But you have to have people supporting that. So I always tell my clients, The next time you go to hire somebody, make sure you're hiring right. And if you haven't, uh, if you're not gonna be hiring somebody and you already have people that are on the bus, get them on the right bus, get them pointed in the right direction. And here's how you do this. Training and reinforcement. And when it comes to uh, the soft skill of customer service, that's really what it is. It is something that needs to be reinforced over and over again. You can't onboard somebody, give them one, half day or full day or even multiple days of training and never come back to the topic again No, the best companies they bring it up in almost every meeting they have every morning huddle i have clients during the banking industry where every morning they look at their nps scores their net promoter scores and customer satisfaction scores from the day before and they read the verbatims the actual words that customers are using to describe the experience they do this every single day now, many of these verbatims are very positive. So what a great way to start your day and remind people how important it is to deliver at this level. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent here, but yes, culture is very important. Hiring right and training these people mm-hmm. and then reinforcing it with small reminders. It, it, they don't have to be daily, but weekly or so. So there's a cadence of continuous um, you know, reminders that this is what we have to do.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So um, switching subjects a little bit. Is there ever an instance where an organization should terminate a customer?
1: Oh, yeah. And in the chapter on you're terminated, uh, there's at the end, it says, so why would you want to terminate a customer? And the answer to that, and I'll just give you the, the basic ideas is number one, that customer is bad for your culture. They're a bad customer. Um, And I'll just go with one and let you read the others on your own, but this is something uh, that you have to do. Number one, to show your people that you'll support your own people, that they are more important than that sale from that customer that has been rude, may have used abusive language, may Mm -hmm. have said some very terrible things to a person. You know, Mm -hmm. um, it's amazing what we hear when we listen to audio of, of different uh, support center calls that are coming in, but it doesn't have to even be a support center. It could be a customer coming in you know, onto a retail floor. It mm-hmm. could be a salesperson interacting with their customer. And if the customer says or, or acts inappropriately, says something that's completely off base, you have to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And I think a manager that says, you're more important to me than that sale. And then you have to let that customer go.
0: Mm-hmm. And the
1: way you let them go is crucial. I believe even that worst customer deserves to be it deserves to be handled with a little bit of dignity and respect. Okay. So, mm-hmm. you know, just nicely suggest this isn't working out here. We're going to give you back your money or I don't think it's a good fit. I don't think we're going to be able to make you happy. Might I make some suggestions mm-hmm. on where you might go. Send them mm-hmm. to the competition. <laughs> no, no. But truthfully, you can't tell them where to go. And and, and uh, they, but always do it in a way that leaves the door even slightly open mm-hmm. just so you have the chance that if they do change the ways. And if they say why, you can, and let's just say it's an abusive customer from the standpoint of maybe they used, Terrible language toward uh, an employee. Maybe they even made some, you know, derogatory racial remarks. Mm-hmm. Saying, this is not the way we treat our people here. Yeah. And uh, hey, if you have a change of heart down the road, and you want to do business with again with us again, we're fine. But but the way you acted today was unacceptable. I'm sorry, we can't work together.
0: Yeah, and no, that makes a lot of sense. And um, you know, obviously, you want to stress to your employees that you really value them and you know want to protect that relationship first and foremost so that they're able to do their job and serve customers with the same the same attitude all right so so last question and this is broadly to you know the overall lesson of the book how can we disrupt the competition and create uh, that i'll be back culture get customers to say i'll be back time and time again
1: well so there. What? First of all, uh, buy the book. Okay.
0: Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Get your copy. There's a, a whole process outlined, but maybe you could summarize. Okay. So you're you're talking
1: specifically about chapter 15?
0: Yeah. So the last process. Uh, My maybe. favorite
1: chapter in yeah. the book. Uh, actually. There's a few other favorites as well, but this one I love. I call it where the rubber meets the road. Mm-hmm. And this is a process that gets you to understand the opportunities that are available to you that differentiate you from your competitor. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take take you through it really quickly. Number Wait. one, ask yourself. Why should someone do business with me? And I don't want you to say because our people are really great because that's what your competition is gonna say. What really truly differentiates you? If you can prove it, like uh, if you've won some great you know, uh, customer experience award, maybe you've won a Stevie award and the competition hasn't, yeah, you can say that, but overall you're looking for true differentiators. Number two, what is your competition doing? And why would the customer wanna buy from them instead of you? and there's probably something they're doing a little different it may not be something you would ever want to implement but if you decide you know what i want to implement this make it yours make it a little bit different number three okay and that 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 is part of number three is keeping pace deciding what it is that makes you different and then move into you know doing what you have to do to modify to change or whatever number four is to look outside your industry get a team together and ask who are the companies you love doing business with outside of our industry? And it can be any company. Uh, you'll hear uh, when we do this in a live exercise. You'll hear Amazon. You'll hear um, you'll hear the restaurant down the street. You'll hear a shoe repair center. You know, uh, from around the corner. All kinds of different size companies. You might hear if you're in the manufacturing business. Oh, I love doing business with this company. They have an inside sales rep that's just amazing. And okay, so now I want. We know you love these companies why do you love them and when you, you know the inside rails sales rep you don't what well, it's not okay what makes her amazing or him amazing you know why what specifically do they do with amazon and this is a really good example um uh, amazon almost always comes up in these conversations and a gentleman said the reason i love amazon is when i buy something i immediately get an email when mm-hmm. they ship it to me they tell me it shipped with tracking information and when it arrives they show me a picture, they send it yeah, to me. I know it it's there. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is, is the response from the leader was, well, Amazon is an e-commerce retailer. Mm-hmm. We're not even close to that. That's nothing like what we do. Well, read between the lines if you know, to use that analogy. It isn't that this person loves receiving emails on product that he bought online. He loves receiving updated information mm-hmm about Mm -hmm. what he bought that's a totally different different animal it's Mm -hmm. i want you to think about what this really means it's the communication and Mm -hmm. they all in unison started nodding their heads Mm -hmm. Oh, that's what it is so the other day i was talking to a client uh actually about a month or so ago a healthcare company that had ordered a um, half million dollar piece of equipment wow and from you know a manufacturer of medical equipment And we were talking and I said, you sound like it's been a frustrating experience. He says, yeah, you think they could send me an email to tell me when I'm going to receive this, when it's going to ship? They've been really bad on the communication. And then he says. Even Amazon sends me an email to tell me my toilet paper is
0: mine. right. You know, $2 <laughs> really? <like> too fresh. <laughs>
1: really? So, does that make sense? I mean, it makes yeah. total sense. Anyway, uh, so that is the point. That's a really big, important step because the next step is after you've listed all the reasons you love doing business with these companies, start to choose. The ones that you could use that you're not using and start to implement them or at least discuss the process of doing so. And when all that's finished, you go step six to the final question, which is the same as the first one, minor modification. Now that we've made these changes, why would someone choose to do business with us instead of them? Mm hmm.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, that's a great process, and one of the things that I really love about it is it forces you to get out of the box of only looking at your competition and, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, trying to figure out how you can differentiate yourself from them. because only one of the steps really exclusively deals with the competition. Right,
1: right, because if all you do is exactly what the competition does, you're a commodity.
0: Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, thank you so much, Shep, for sharing these fabulous tools and techniques for creating an all-be-back culture and getting customers to keep coming back again and again. Make sure that you pick up your book, I'll Be Back, How to Get Customers to Come Back Again and Again. It is just the best resource for building customer loyalty. And um, thank you so much for your time today, Shep.
1: Well, well, thank you. And uh, as I jokingly said earlier in our conversation, since it's the end, hasta la vista baby (laughs) i think that's what he said that's exactly what he said